Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 14th. It is seven minutes after nine. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And shall we start off the morning talking about Ron DeSantis? Okay, he's leading a new poll. This is a USA Today Suffolk University poll. He's leading not only President Trump, but he's also leading Joe Biden. I like what you did there. President Trump, Joe Biden. And I don't know if you intended to do that or not, but I really like what you did there. Uh, Yes, so this is a a USA Today Suffolk poll, Mm -hmm. and... To quote the great philosopher Eminem, as he was once writing about the techno giant Moby, you're too old, let go, it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Kevin liked that. I did that just for Kevin because I knew that would make Kevin smile. Uh, yeah, so it found that uh, DeSantis now, with an overwhelming lead amongst Republican voters, 56% for DeSantis, mm-hmm. 33% for Trump, and the bottom of the story, the Hill had the article, is why this number is so great. Because in a hypothetical head-to-head matchup, Biden is leading Trump 47 to 40. DeSantis, on the other hand, mm-hmm. leading 47 to 43. And I think society is rapidly beginning to wake up and realize, why would we subject ourselves to two more years of drama and more important, losing when we can get a better, more conservative candidate who can actually win the race. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in this poll, they said more than 60% of people said they want a nominee who will continue Trump's policies but is not Trump. Ah, see, boom. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Trumpism without Trump. We have said this. We have been saying this for two years on this show when it was, uh, when Mock and I were together and now obviously us for basically a year, that so much of politics and this, I'm not saying this is right. I'm saying this is a reality, is personality driven. And I find this to be the weirdest thing in the whole world because Twitter never raised or lowered my taxes. Twitter never made me more or less free. Twitter never shut down or opened to society. But yet people will vote based on how some guy behaves on Twitter or in a press conference. And that will hold more weight than if than the actual job performance that person is doing for you and your family. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've heard from a lot of people saying that they want a fighter, and they're not sure if DeSantis is a fighter. Well, let's consider that. He's waged war against Disney for criticizing his anti-LGBTQ legislation. He sent a plane full of illegals up to Martha's Vineyard in a show of defiance. And just yesterday, he came out and he said that Florida will hold the medical establishment accountable by creating a grand jury to investigate the mRNA shots and Big Pharma. They're going to investigate cardiac-related deaths tied to the vaccine. And he's also forming a public health integrity committee to oversee the medical establishment. Here's the other thing. And look, any mostly any conservative, whether it's Tim Scott, Christy Nome, whoever, I think DeSantis is the best person for this because I think he's the best 
articulator of the message. But getting moving past Trump allows you as a party collective to deliver a message, Mm -hmm. not just for the president, but in West Virginia, where there's a winnable Senate seat, in Montana, where there's a a winnable Senate seat, in Ohio, where there's a a winnable Senate seat. Now, certainly in Arizona, with Sinema now basically making it a three-way race, where there's a winnable Senate seat. One of the major issues with Trump is there's no clear message because the message gets continually altered based on whatever shenanigans or drama he has needlessly entered himself into day by day. Mm-hmm. A Ron DeSantis would allow the Republican Party as a message. Now, we all know they don't believe it based on their actions, but at least as a collective message to get back to messaging that resonates with people without the toxic personality, which is limited government, uh, freedom, tax cuts, the things that, uh, you know, spending control. Again, they don't mean it, but at least it will allow you to g- go with that as a national message and you've got a much better chance of winning. Well, and it goes back to what we were discussing yesterday regarding the RNC chairwoman, uh, Rona McDaniel, how it's a unified message. It's not just one guy doing his own thing and some people following him, some people following someone else. It's a unified message across the party. It is 12 minutes after nine with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and President Biden yesterday argued that his policies are helping to stabilize an economy. (laughs) He said inflation is coming down in America and he declared it as a reason for optimism ahead of the holiday season this year. He said, uh, you know, this has been going on though for more than a year, Rob. His free spending policies, they help generate the conditions for these near record high inflation situation that we're in now. And he's downplayed the effect that it's had on the country, calling the problem transitory. But right now we're sitting at $3.28 for the average price of gas in the state of Indiana. Wouldn't it be interesting, and this is predicated on Biden knowing where he's at and who he is and being able to have a coherent conversation with him. But wouldn't it be fascinating if you could somehow, and again, I realize I'm living in a hypothetical world that does not exist, but if you could hypothetically have a closed door conversation with Joe Biden and say, okay, whatever the contents of this conversation will never be revealed by either party, whatever. Do you genuinely believe that the lives of Americans are better now than they were in January of almost two years ago when you took office? Do you genuinely believe? Because I think that would be a fascinating, offer fascinating insight is, does this guy actually believe that people, that like inflation's under control or wages are rising. I mean, because he just throws out such nonsense. Like he keeps talking about the buying power of Americans. Buying power of Americans, well, yes, wages may have rose due to inflation. The cost of goods and services for most people has far outpaced whatever wage increase they have seen. And it would be very interesting to know, are you just peddling the The message message, or Mm -hmm. do you genuinely believe this. Do you really believe that? Because here it is. So he is saying, and we'll play this clip here for you, that prices will go down. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's by next year. Mm -hmm. But of course, a year and a half ago, inflation was transitory. And then at the end, he offers it like, well, at the very least, uh, prices are not going to go up. Take a listen. You say when you expect prices to get back to normal, Mr. President? 
I hope by the end of next year, we're much closer. But I can't make that prediction. I just, I'm convinced they're not going to go up. I'm convinced they're going to continue from there. Do you plan to veto the NDAA over the vaccine? So just hang on a little bit longer. They're not going to go up. Things will get better, promise. So he admitted during his comments that prices are still too high. And then he touted that gas prices are falling and the slowdown of food inflation is much needed relief. And I don't know about you, but last time I went to the grocery store, uh, food prices still extremely high. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, the FTX guy mm-hmm. is has been indicted. Mm-hmm. And I want to play you this clip from the uh, from the district attorney because there was this guy went out of his way to make sure that everybody knew there was at least one Republican donation from the FTX guy. Right. It is just the most unbelievable thing in the history of ever to try to convince you that this guy was not a total Democrat partisan hack. All right. It's on the way from 93 WIBC. Good morning. Hi, my name is <laughs> what? My name is Careful. Is this the clean version? Yeah, this is censored. He knows when to turn it off. Hit that dump button. It is 20 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's take a look at some uh, trending stories. Google has released their top 10 destinations to travel to. Number one on the list was London, followed by Ho Chi Minh City, Paris, New Delhi, and then Toronto, Canada. Oh. Um, Also trending right now, the NBA has renamed its MVP trophy after Michael Jordan. And they named like every award. Mm -hmm. So now it's not just like you were the MVP. MVP is pretty easy, right? The most valuable player. Mm -hmm. Do we need to attach a name with it? Now all these awards have names. They gave like 30 awards names. It's the Hakeem Olajuwon, best Mm -hmm. defensive player. Like, like it's going to mean more to you because they put Hakeem Olajuwon's name at the front of it. It's the John Havlicek Sixth Man Award. The award is pretty descriptive. Yeah. Right? Well, wouldn't you argue that Michael Jordan is the goat of NBA? I would, but I don't think I think most valuable player kind of stands Already on its own. It. I don't think the award's going to mean any more because it's now the Michael Jordan Most Valuable Player Award. Also trending is Snickers. They're launching a new candy bar. It's to help you with your New Year's resolution. Okay, so it's still going to feature the same chocolate, caramel, and peanut ingredients, but this time they're adding 20 grams of protein, and this is for, and this is what they call it, Exercise curious people. Oh, there you go. You're exercise, exercise curious. curious. Right, yes. You're not actually working Absolutely. out. You're not really doing sure. it. You're just curious about it. Hey, um, can I just have a second, Casey? Yeah, it's and half your this, show. Well, thank you. And this is really hard for me because, you know, I'm a very humble person. Mm-hmm. And I hate to point out any time that we as a collective or I as an individual are moderately successful at anything. But I was just alerted. I got a text message from Tony Katz. Tony Katz texted you? And This must be I, big news. It made me very nervous because I thought there would be some sizable request for money involved or something. Because <laughs> uh, I can think maybe on uh, less than one hand the amount of times Tony Katz has texted me in the six years we've worked together. You're lucky you have his phone number. He well, won't give me his phone oh. number. Anytime I want to communicate with Tony Katz, it has to go through email. I think he needed a Gatorade or something at one point, <laughs> and that's why he gave me his number in case, you know, when I got to the store, what flavor I was supposed to pick. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
we have won or were named in a prestigious uh, group of individuals. The Kendall and Casey Show has been named by Barrett Media, mm-hmm. and they're a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Barrett Media, they're a national organization, very well thought of in the industry. We have been named one of the tw- top 20 mm-hmm. m- uh, mid-market, <laughs> midday shows in the entire country. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations, Rob We're Kendall. number eight. They, oh, Barrett, wow. we are a big deal to the big deal people. And look, I'm not in it for the money, mm-hmm, Clearly, but, but I am sure this will inevitably entail a sizable bonus from upper management. You think so? And here's the other thing. Yesterday, Tony Katz, they came out with the morning shows mm-hmm. from Barrett Media. Tony Katz, I think, was mm-hmm. number two mm. in his genre. Yeah. And our boss, David Wood, sent out a press release to the internal staff Mm -hmm. that rivaled the length of the Declaration of Independence. Congratulations. So I am very much looking forward to (laughs) the same email going out today Mm -hmm. uh, congratulating the Kendall and Casey show for being number eight in the midday midday show category. I love all the qualifiers. It's the Barrett News Media top 20 Uh mid-market midday show. Yeah, we're number eight. We're number eight. That features a man and a woman and the woman is over 50 yeah, no, and the no. man's first name is no, Rob. Casey, do not belittle this award. It is the it is Barrett Media, who is a national publication. They are a gigantic deal. And in the mid-market midday shows, which is thousands of people competing, mm-hmm. we were ranked number eight. Now think about if they told you mm-hmm. in the entire country, like you could be the eighth best at anything. Like, I don't know who the eighth best quarterback in the NFL is. I don't know, maybe Tom Brady, Mm -hmm. just picking up Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. you would say, wow, that's really good. I don't know who the eighth best basketball player would be because I don't really know much about basketball anymore, but I'm just freewheeling with names here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe the eighth best basketball player is uh, Matherin, the star rookie for the Pacers. You would say, unbelievable. Eighth best golfer. I don't know, Jordan Spieth. Being the eighth best in the entire country at something, that is really impressive. And we really owe it to our audience because they they are number one in our hearts Mm -hmm. and in everywhere else. I want to know who was number one through seven. Oh, well, let's see who beat us, who we have to now badmouth. Number seven ahead of us. This is from KFBK News Radio in Sacramento. Okay. Uh, Steve Stone. Now, Steve Stone. uh, No, this is not Steve Stone. Who is this guy? Tom. Tom, Tom Sullivan. Don't know him. No, and and now we we are gunning for Tom Sullivan because he is right ahead of us at number seven <laughs> right. in Sacramento. I wonder what what the criteria was, the judgment, talent, oh. beauty. <laughs> well, clearly we've got that locked up. Charm, charisma. <laughs> working on that. I see, and I also think that we get elevated because we are very unique. In at least one of the hosts has a deep seated hatred for the Republican Party. And so I think that really makes us stand out. Maybe we would have been number one had it not been for that. Kendall, you're holding me back, man. You Let's are see holding who, me back. Who was number one? Oh, look who's number one. Bill Cunningham is number one. Yeah. From the WLW in Cincinnati. That's uh I mean, he's a national guy. Yeah. So. Isn't isn't that the big one? The big the big yeah, the big one. The big one. Yes. Yeah. So we are within striking distance <laughs> the big one. of the big one. If you can picture right now, we are Jordan Speeth, the eighth best golfer in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh number one, Scotty Scheffler. Not that much distance. There is daylight between us at the Masters this year. So what, by April, mm-hmm. we could blow past Bill Cunningham. If if we just practice a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. So is this well, a 
national or yes. So where do we rank in the entire world? I don't. Number eight. Uh, yeah, because USA is number one, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. You yeah, think you think there's any midday show in Russia that can compete with this? I don't know. What, there there might sort of, be. There might be a radio show that rivals us in Germany. What do you think they're doing in China, Kevin? What sort of radio you think is going on in North Korea? They're being told what to say. It, it might be informative. I don't know. Hey, <laughs> when we come back, speaking of big announcements, yeah. Abdul is going to be here. Yes, you told me this this morning when I came in, and I was super excited for him. And he has a colossal announcement related mm-hmm. to the mayoral race. Mm-hmm. All right, that's on the way from 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Put on your best dress, baby, and your hair right. 93 WIBC, this is Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Oh, look <laughs> he's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a provocateur. The one and only Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. How are you, my friend? Doing good, my friend. How's everything going for you? I'm doing just great. All right, before we get to uh, Declarapalooza, which took place this week, big announcement from you, my friend. What's going on? <laughs> well, I don't know necessarily if it's, it's a big announcement. Uh, oh, it's but, huge. Uh, but what I am going to do, uh, like I so said, we've been talking about a possible uh, mayoral run, so we're a little bit closer to making a decision. Uh, we're going to put together sort of an exploratory committee. Yeah! Uh, to look at possibly running, uh, do some polling, uh, talk to some folks. Uh, see if we can raise a little bit of money, and then, uh, f- then in February, I want to yeah. say February sixth or seventh is the filing deadline. Is make a decision that first week of February. So you are pondering a run for the mayor of Indianapolis. Yes, I like this. I like it. Uh, first of all, the big question before uh, before we just delve into this uh, breaking news, which is, do you want? Less than $100 from me, and I'll let you answer that question, then we'll explain why I asked it. I'll take as much as you can get, but more is better. Okay, so you uh, you will have no problem if I stroke you a check for $100. Not at all. You don't need the $99. Nope. Perfect. Now, the reason we asked, would you like to explain to me, we do civics on this show, as you know, <laughs> why uh, we educate in addition to entertain. Would you like to explain to people why I asked you, would you uh, like uh, $100 or more? As you all know, uh, Rob Kendall is a uh, provocateur on a number of different <laughs> occasions. <laughs> And so the question is, if he gave me money for a possible mayoral run, that would be declare that would declare he supported me. We were friends. He would think that I would suffer some sort of negative consequence and all that, which I doubt very seriously. Okay, so if you and if you give less than one hundred dollars, you don't have to. You just put you got the money. You have yes. to say you got the money, but you don't have to say Who where got? it came from. Right. And so if I give you a hundred dollars, you got to put Rob Kendall and I are friends, basically on a public forum. But I love that. You're not afraid of that at all, and, and that won't hurt you with your uh, m- even more wealthy uh, establishment friends. No, because, number one, we've been friends long before, like, yeah. like you know, 10, 12 years now. So, it, to me, it's no big deal. It's like, hey, lots of, now, it, it, it would be one thing if you're, like, say, a Holocaust denier, yeah. and, you know, an election, I'm like, no, 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 Rob, we're, you know, thanks, thanks, but no, yeah. we're, we're, we're good. But but you're not. You're just, you're just a guy with an opinion. Opinion that's wrong most of the time, but still an opinion, except for supporting me, of course. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're no. all friends on that one. Yeah, we're all socialists now. Um, yeah, so no, uh, no, I, I would, I would, I would appreciate any uh, support from rational, reasonable people who may agree or disagree. Well, here, and here's the thing, and I, and we talked about this in, in state house happenings, which will be uh, available here shortly. Um, that 
you're not going to run from who you are. Like we're talking about, you're not white. You're not whitewashing your past. You're not, you know, uh, saying I'm not. A, I haven't written this or done this. You are saying, here's who I am, and here's what I here's what I'm going to be if I'm the mayor. Exactly. It is a it is an evolutionary process. The opinions I had. Maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, do I still have them today? Uh, maybe some. Some opinions have changed over time. I used to be uh, opposed to school vouchers for private schools. Well, guess what? Not anymore. That opinion's changed over time. So, And I think on the key issue facing this city, you would be, no matter other places where we might disagree, the key issue facing the city right now is crime, it's homelessness, it's cleaning up the city. We are in desperate need of somebody to do that. I think you'd be an A-plus candidate at that. My theory is public safety, public works, and public trust. Yeah, I, I like that. Is that going to be maybe something we might see on a sign? Or billboard somewhere? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I want to see you. That I want to see your uh, your IndiePolitics.org website, the big picture of you for the uh, cheat sheet subscription <laughs> over the Capitol Dome with a cigar and martini. I want to see that on a billboard somewhere. Well, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Uh, it is uh, the Kendall and Casey Show. Abdul joining us. Uh, so you will... So you will have all that information out soon on where people can give you sizable amounts of money if they want. Uh, probably make uh, some sort of official exploratory committee announcement a couple days after Christmas. But you are not running yet. We should no. clarify that, correct? No. You are pondering a run in which people can give you money. Right. Okay. All right, let's talk. In other words, we do a typical Abdul fashion. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and totally legal and above board. Yep. Uh, okay, so let's talk about... Uh, the big week that was in which everybody's declaring for governor. I thought the Mike Braun official announcement was about as tone deaf as you can get when you are an uber rich guy, which is totally fine, but an uber rich guy having an announcement at an upscale steakhouse doesn't exactly say, I understand you, common man. What say you? Um, I was a bit surprised when I found out Mike was doing his uh, announcement at Prime 47. Like, Prime 47, like, the stakes there are 100 bucks a pop. Like, what in the world? Like, okay, so what's going on here? Then then I realized that at, at Prime 47, they sort of have two areas. There's, yeah. a, there's a dining room area, and then there's what's, what's sort of like the, the banquet reception area. And I want to say Mike had his uh, thing at the, at the reception area. Now, the the, the, the guy who owns uh, the building that Prime 47 is in is a big Republican donor. Yeah. So that makes sense that Mike would go there, like needed place in downtown Indianapolis that so could get over the lunch hour. So you, so your options are auto- automatically going to be limited. Now, if it were me, I'd have probably done it over at like Weber Grill. Yeah, so it'd be a little bit more more the more the common well, man. You're a U.S. senator, right? <clears throat> so you have a Rolodex that is pretty much infinite, especially amongst Republicans in the state of Indiana. Couldn't you found a small business that's like I don't know a coffee shop? I mean, you do need some space, but you have basically every Republican in the state of Indiana at your disposal. That seemed a little tone deaf to me. I'd have, I'd have probably done it like Shapiro's. Yeah. Like a little bit further down the street, plenty of place to park. Just get, they had to sort of close off some of the area for for your announcement. Then bought everybody lunch. Yeah, there you go. Because he's rich, he can afford to do that. <laughs> uh, let's also talk about Suzanne Crouch. She came out and she attempted to play the. You know, she was like, it, it is obviously the Christmas season, one of the great Christmas movies, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. She has found the strength of ten conservatives plus two. Uh, ignore all the stuff Holcomb did. I'm really a conservative. Were you surprised that is the the spiel she went with coming out of the gate? Uh, and on that day in South Park, 
Suzanne Crouch's heart grew three times bigger. I'm like, really? That's what you're going with? Were you surprised that was the approach that she took? No, not really, because she's got a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a Republican, it's, it's a primary, it's, it's the first election. Right. So everybody's going to try to tout their conservative credentials. Now, I know, Bob, you have an issue with some things that Eric Holcomb did, like, why didn't Suzanne Crouch speak out on this? Some. Or, or this, on this, this. How about all? My, my thing is this. If, if I'm Suzanne Crouch, here's my response. It's like, hey, I'm Lieutenant Governor. Eric's a, Eric, Eric, Eric is the governor. Any disagreement that we have, we, we, we discuss those things privately. He asked me what I think. I was like, Governor, I think you're doing wrong this. I think you're doing wrong in this. But at the end of the day, I will support my governor because that's the job of a lieutenant, of lieutenant governor. Now yeah, that, no, no, that, that, and I understand that. But then you don't get to come out and go to these people. Hey, I've been with you the whole time. And it was just, you know, it didn't work out the way we wanted, but I'm really with you the whole time. I mean, we're not talking with these conservatives and liberty-minded people about applicable tax rates here. Well, I mean, we are talking about applicable tax rates. That's another egregious thing they did. But we're talking about, like, serious stuff when it came to, you know, shutting down the state or the mask mandate or the Malik Muhammad yes, stuff. But, I mean, but, I, but I'll also argue that those issues have now been settled. Not because, amongst because, those people. Because Eric won real but, By, and he won re-election handily. Yeah, but but we got into this on Statehouse Happenings. Yes, Eric Holcomb did win re-election because hundreds of thousands of Democrats crossed over to vote for Holcomb to offset the hundreds of thousands of Republicans who left to vote for Rainwater. I agree with you on that. Eric Holcomb did win re-election thanks to Democrats. Absolutely. The problem is the people who left to vote for Rainwater, who are way more than enough to decide a Republican primary, have been waiting to, for uh, for a revenge tour for, you know, whatever, two and a half, three years now, and they're probably not going to get a chance at Holcomb unless he runs for Senate, so she is the de facto person they're going to take their anger out on, and they're not happy with her. Like I said, yes and no. I'm, I'm, pull, I'm trying to pull up uh, how much... Uh, Rainwater, yeah, Rainwater got 345,000 votes, 11%. So, I mean, basically, Rainwater raised the vote total by about 8% from what the previous Libertarian got, and it was roughly, I think, two 200,000-ish more votes. I mean, these were, let's face it, these these people did not suddenly go, oh, we're all Libertarians. These are Republicans who were very angry at Eric Holcomb, and I agree yeah. with you, he won, but these people are all likely going to vote in a Republican primary, and they ain't voting for her. Well, but you also got to understand, too, that uh, Eric Holcomb's approval rate amongst Republicans is about 65% right now according to the ball state uh bowen center poll and our poll basically <clears throat> showed, showed the same thing about that 60 62 percent amongst republicans that means a third of republicans a third of conservatives as, as you call them are mad and ticked off well newsflash in a three-way primary you need more than a third yeah but if they all don't vote for you and then you and braun divvy up the rest we'll get to the doden guy here in just a second there's no. That's a very tough path to be elected. If all these we we dislike Holcomb people go to the other guy, well, yeah, but it depends which other guy they go to. Well, let's get to that real quick. Uh, so Eric Doden, the other guy running Abdul's with us, uh, it's Kendall and Casey show. Eric Doden, the third guy running, he's been running for like a year, right? Yeah. And his big rollout on the day that the two other people formally announced was. Apparently, there is a dictionary that Eric Doden has found that says teacher, the definition of teacher, is better than everyone else because his big policy rollout after a year was teachers don't have to pay any taxes. That's the best you can do! Well, I think I think basically was giving teachers a tax break to, 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 to deal with the teacher shortage, particularly uh, in rural areas, uh, because by, by, by teachers not having to pay taxes, they technically get a pay raise. However, once again, the, there are lots of questions involved. How, how do you get it? Is it just state taxes? 
Is it? Is it? How long you've been teaching? If you're a new teacher, or, what about you? Or, or no, exactly. Are you? Or with somebody who teaches college, or just like the Ivy Tech dual credit program where we teach college classes in high school? There, there are lots of questions involved in that. I think what I think what Eric was trying to do was basically be part of the news cycle. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, it's like I'm looking at a. I was a guy who's genuinely looking at him because I have major issues with the other two people, and I looked at that and said, "You've had a year, and that's the best you can do." It's another example of legalized vote buying. I'm out. Why can't we just have policies that benefit everyone? Couldn't you come up with a tax pledge? You say, whether you're a teacher, you're a cop, you're a firefighter, you're a radio broadcaster, this policy is going to be good for you. He came or, up with- or, or the other thing you got to keep in mind also is, uh, like I said, we still got like you know almost two years before before the gubernatorial election. So it's going to be, I think for Dota, it's going to be lots of policy rollouts that maybe the tax plan benefits teachers, maybe another plan benefits fire, police, and public safety work. Oh, I'm waiting on the one that benefits everyone. So if you could get on that, the sooner rather than later, because I'm not saying my mind's made up, but my mind is basically made up that it ain't going to be you. So Well, we also got two years. Well, maybe somebody good will get in. <laughs> hey, uh, congratulations on your exploratory committee. Uh, I think that's wonderful. And uh, are you working this weekend? Uh, not this weekend. Of course not, because he's the one I, and only. I basketball this Abdul Hakim Shabazz. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Prosecutors have charged Sam Bankman-Fried with eight counts, including wire fraud, money laundering, conspiracy, and campaign finance violations. So these charges come on top of what the Securities and Exchange Commission have already filed, and he was denied bail by a Bahama judge. His prosecutors say he hid $300 million in a Brazilian firm before the collapse of his FTX crypto company. So he was indicted yesterday, mm-hmm. and I want to play you a little audio. Yesterday. Yes, so he did not have to testify in front of Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I think the, the, the so the guy that has kind of taken over, the same guy who took over during Enron, uh, was in front of Congress yesterday. And my favorite part of his testimony was apparently the FTX guy was using QuickBooks to keep track of the. Mm-hmm. Donations and the guy, the guy, I, I felt bad for him because he's going. He, he goes, I'm not in any way trying to diminish QuickBooks, but he's like, if you're a multi-billion-dollar industry, mm-hmm. probably needs a little better accounting firm than QuickBooks. A little upgrade, huh? So the 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 indictment came down yesterday, and I want to play you a little audio from the prosecutor because. It's about a three-minute clip, and the first minute and a half is fine. He goes through the, here are the charges, Mm -hmm. here's what he's being accused of, et cetera, et cetera. And then he starts walking you through just a very high level of why he did or why they think he did or how he did or whatever each thing. And I mean, it's obviously very high level if you're going to fit this complex thing into three minutes. But when he gets to the illegal donations, this prosecutor, district attorney, whatever you want to call him, Listen to how he goes out of his way, despite the fact that the overwhelming amount of donations, like as in almost all of this guy's donations, were to Democrats in the tune of tens of millions of Mm -hmm. dollars. There is like a couple of Republican donations in there, I think, to people who were on this House committee that were letting him, or Senate committee or whatever it was, that were Senate committee, that were letting him write the crypto 
laws. Yep. And so because there were like a couple of Republican donations in there, this prosecutor, district attorney, wants you to believe this was really a, a bipartisan attack. Take a listen. Let me say a little bit more about what we allege in the indictment. First, we charge that from 2019 until earlier this year, Bankman Freed and his co-conspirators stole billions of dollars from FTX customers. He used that money for his personal benefit, including to make personal investments and to cover expenses and debts of his hedge fund, Alameda Research. Secondly, and relatedly, we charge that Bankman Freed lied to Alameda's lenders about the source of the money that he was using to pay those debts. Third, we charge that earlier this year, in the midst of the crypto crisis, Bankman Freed lied to investors in FTX about the fact that he had sent billions of dollars in FTX customer money to Alameda. And fourth, we charge that Bankman Freed violated federal campaign finance laws by causing tens of millions of dollars in illegal campaign contributions to be made to candidates and committees associated with both Democrats and Republicans. These contributions were disguised to look like they were coming from wealthy co-conspirators, when in fact, the contributions were funded by Alameda Research with stolen customer money. And all of this dirty money was used in service of Bankman Freed's desire to buy bipartisan influence and impact the direction of public policy in Washington. So he was giving to Democrats, like across the board, Democrat mm-hmm. causes, Democrat mm-hmm. candidates, mm-hmm. like it was going out of style. Mm-hmm. But because there were a couple people, mostly, I mean, I think almost all, associated with letting him write the this, what was going to maybe become the crypto bill that was going to be voted on, well, he was a bipartisan offender. He was trying to buy influence in both parties. Just what a disingenuous statement from this prosecutor. Well, you know it's serious when the guy doing the briefing has an easel. (laughs) You're in big trouble then. So Sam Bankman-Fried faces 155 years in prison if he's convicted. And prosecutors say that he used FTX as his own personal piggy bank to fund his lavish lifestyle. And you're right. He did make enormous donations to the Democrat Party and uh, over $40 million, second only to George Soros. So listen to this. In the 22 cycle, he shelled out $6 million to Democrats' House Majority PAC, a million to Chuck Schumer's PAC, uh, nearly a million to the Democrat National Committee, and $2 to Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, well, this no, is, <laughs> no, the $2 right. for real. But it's close to that. Right. This And this is my point. It's not like he was giving this to both sides equally, as many corporations or whatever do because they're buying influence. Mm-hmm. Now, Cringe on Pierre got asked if Biden's going to call the Democrats to return all the contributions from the FTX guy and all quiet from Cringe on Pierre. Mm -hmm. Will the president return that donation? Does he call on all politicians who got uh, campaign donations that may have come from customer money uh, to return those stuff? So, look, I'm covered here by the Hatch Act, uh, limited on what I can say, and anything that's connected to political contributions uh, from here, I, I, I would have to refer you to the DNC. Okay, it's the old Hatch Act again. Sure. She pulls that out when it's convenient for her. So uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, he boasted earlier this year that he could give up to a billion dollars to Democrats. He didn't. Probably close. But sure, because it's not real money. When it's fake, when it's monopoly money, I can give all I want. Casey. Yeah. When we come back. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I got a, another one of those exorbitant taxpayer-funded mailers yesterday. Yes. Remember we talked about the one I got from cowardly John Crane, where despite being a conservative, he asked me, should he spend the excessive amount of money they have in reserves, or mm-hmm. should he give it back to mm-hmm. me? I got one from my state rep. Yeah. And With this one. Had kids sledding on the front. It was somehow, they managed to make it even worse. Can All we right. talk about this? Yeah, we'll get to that coming up from 93 WIBC. It is Kendall and Casey. Good morning. It's always good in life for this.